Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to John chapter 16. And uh, we're going we're gonna to start at verse 5. John chapter 16 and verse 5. And Jesus begins to minister to us, his disciples at the time and to us today. With these words of life. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Over the last several weeks, we have been talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about the Holy Spirit being the comforter. And he is the comforter because he's going to ask us to do some things that are uncomfortable. Uh, Things such as minister to this person at Walmart. Uh, Marry that single parent. Leave that job. Go live in another state, buy that home, sell that home. God's going to lead you to do some things that are uncomfortable, but he's given you the comforter so that you can do them with boldness, understanding and realizing that he is always there with you as a divine encourager as he commands that you do some things that get you out of your comfort zone. And last week we talked about the Holy Spirit being the helper. That means he's going to help. He's going to assist. He's going to aid you. Now, I need to let you know this because I'm talking to a mature audience. You are still responsible for your own decisions. (laughs) You can't blame your decisions on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to help. So you are responsible for your own decisions and the Holy Spirit is here to help. Side note, pet peeve of mine, if I may. I love sometimes talking to other ministers and I'm like, how did the service go? And they'll say, the Holy Spirit took over. And we all say, oh, hallelujah, it took over. And and you look back, the Holy Spirit's not trying to take over. He's trying to help. He wants to help you. So if you say the Holy Spirit took over, that just tells me you just sat back and let things just happen. Now, if the Holy Spirit says, let this continue on, you allow it. But understand, you are still the one that is in authority in the house of God. God has called the pastor, the prophet, evangelist, and you know, leader, teacher, and, and who am I missing? Apostle. And he's called them in authority, and they are the ones responsible, but the Holy Spirit is here to help. I know people that they don't have a service flow or anything because the Holy Spirit is going to take over the service. No, you write out what should happen. Come on, somebody. And the Holy Spirit will help you. If you have a plan, he'll help you in the plan. But don't wait Well, he's going to make all the decisions and he's going to give me the plan. No, you plan. Man plans his way, but then God directs his steps. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. He's here. To help you. But too many people are waiting and passively as if the Holy Spirit is going to do something while you sit around and do nothing. While I'm just waiting on the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit is waiting on you. But that's not my message this morning. But understand he is here to help. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit being the guide. Now in this passage of scripture, we just read here that Jesus is departing the earth. He has been with his disciples for three, three and a half years, and he's telling them, I am leaving. And he's and and they're sad. He says, sorrow, sadness has filled your heart because you're hearing these words. I'm leaving. But I want you to know it is to your advantage. It is to your benefit. It is better for you. It is best for you that I go away. Now, have you ever had last words with someone or a last conversation with someone? Uh, maybe you've moved to another state and you're having conversations that you sense would be the last time. Maybe you're going to another job 
and you're having conversations that may be the last time you talk to them. I remember graduating from high school and I, and I, I vividly remember knowing that I'll never talk to these people ever again last conversations. And I was thinking about this because uh, consequently, Jesus is having a conversation with them in the flesh. And it'll be one of the last times he talks to them in the flesh. And I was reminded when we dropped Zai off at college, Stacey and I drove up to her college and we had the, had the, the van packed. We were getting ready to drop her off. And it came that moment that we're going to have a a last conversation for a while. We're not going to see you for a while. And we begin to talk to her. And sadness was there. Come on, somebody. There was sadness there. And we're going to, we're going to, I can't believe, Stacey, we're going to actually leave her at this school. And, and, and there was some sadness feel. But we begin to tell her everything's going to be all right. And as she was a little sad, we, we begin to tell her, if you need anything, I'm just a phone call away. We begin to tell her, we're praying for you. And, and you know what? You're ready for this. You're ready for this. And I believe Jesus was saying the same things to his disciples. It is to your advantage I go away. Listen, truth be told, it was to Zai's advantage that we dropped her off in college. It is not a good thing if she lived with me until she's 89 years old. That's not a good thing. It's not. It's to her advantage that she departs from us. And you may not, we may not feel it now. We're sad and we're upset, but this is for you. It's better for you. It's advantageous for you. It's beneficial for you to leave us and go to college and begin to start your own life. We'll always be here, but it's better for you to do this. And so Jesus is telling them, it is better for me to go, because if I go, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, who is the helper, the comforter. Today, we're going to learn about him as being the guide. And this is part one of part two. Next week, we're going to talk about being him, him being the guide as well. But I'm going to send the helper. But if I stay, I'm not going to be able to send him. But if I go, I can send him. He's not going to just be with you. He's going to be in you. And the word Holy Spirit means parakletos. It's a Greek word that means parakletos, which simply means para means to come alongside of, to assist, to be with. And the word kletos means to call or to summon. And so he is called or summoned to come alongside of you, to assist you, and to be with you. That is the Holy Spirit, called to be on the inside of you. And Jesus was telling them, it's to your advantage I go so I can send the Holy Spirit into each and every one of you. Now understand, if Jesus was still here today, it would be Jesus probably somewhere walking around Israel, Thomas, and we were all trying to be getting a flight to Israel to go see Jesus. But because Jesus departed, he sent the Holy Spirit, and now he's within every born-again believer right now. Ephesians 1 tells us that you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You literally have the presence of Jesus with you right now. When things are going good, the presence of Jesus is with you. When things are going bad, the Holy Spirit's with you. When things look despair, it, there's despair happening, the Holy Spirit's with you. When things look encouraging, the Holy Spirit's with you. When you want to cuss, the Holy Spirit's with you. And when you want to bless, the Holy Spirit's with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And Jesus said, it's better that way. It's better that way that I'm not here, but my presence is on the inside of each and every one of my people. And let's pick up in verse 12. I love verse 12. He says, I still, John chapter 16, verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Let's pause there for a second. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Is it possible that you have not received the answer that you believe in God for it because you can't bear it yet? You you uh, it will be overwhelming to you. Uh, if I start talking to Zage, who's my three year old, about paying uh, how to how to make a payment on the house, she don't need to hear that right now. That's overwhelming. That's unbearable to her. 
she doesn't need to hear that because sometimes the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. And sometimes you're like, I need an answer from God and you haven't received it yet. Maybe it's because it's the wrong time to hear that answer. He said to the disciples, I still have a lot more to say to you. All my children, I got a lot more to tell them. Stacy and I have a lot more to teach them and instruct them, but they can't bear it yet. And it's possible that you and I may not have all the answers that we're seeking because at the moment, we're not able to bear it. I didn't mean to tell this story, but there was a one particular time I was uh, believing God for something and I thought that I was going to, I should have been hired at a position in ministry. And I was at this church and man, I thought I was ready. I, I thought I was prepared. I was ready to go. Just let, release me. Let me go. I can do the job. And a man came to me, a man that I love and trust. He said, you're not ready for this position. Well, I wanted to fight him. I literally wanted to fight. What do you mean I'm not ready? I'm ready. What do you mean I'm not ready? Now, I'm, I'm, that was 20-something years ago, 2025. I look back, I was not ready for that. I wasn't ready at all. I thought I was. I was not ready for that, that animal that I would have had to tackle during that period of time. I wasn't ready yet. And it's possible that you may not be ready for the next step. Matter of fact, whoever God wants to connect you with, they may not be ready yet. Mm, I'm preaching this morning. But so we got to be we got to we got to be patient because there's some things Jesus wants to tell us, but we're not able to bear it yet. But look at verse 13. However. However, when he the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. Somebody shout. He will guide me. Say it again. He will guide me into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you things to come so he's going to tell you future occurrences he's going to tell you things that are going to happen going forward he's going to reveal some things to you he's going to tell you things to come but most importantly he will guide you he will guide you so a guide is someone that gives direction a guide is, uh, is, is someone that gives instruction and teachings. They've been there before. They've seen something before and they can direct us as to which way to go because they are a guide. They've got more experience and the Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. He knows everything about everything. He is the perfect guide. And so he will give direction. A guide is someone that can, that will lead, that someone that can explain, that can make the crooked places straight in your life. This is what a guide does. Uh, I was reminded several years ago when, when the uh, Cowboys Stadium opened, which is AT&T Stadium. Many of you know I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Yeah, nobody's perfect. Somebody said nobody's perfect. Yeah, uh, thank you. Pray. Y'all just pray. Pray. Uh, last time we won a Super Bowl, I was in high school. My goodness. And so uh, pray, 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 pray that the light would be revealed and I can come out of this darkness. And I, I, a friend of mine and I, we went and we took a tour at AT&T Stadium. And when it, when it just opened, I was in Dallas. He said, hey, you want to take a tour of the stadium? I said, yeah. That's a great idea. Uh, side note, I found out that the number two way AT&T Stadium makes its money is through tours. Very interesting. Number one way, obviously, the games, but number two are tours. That's how many tours they get. People come from all over the world to tour that facility. And so we signed up, and we signed up with the tour guide. And the tour guide, there was a group of us, and we're following the tour guide along. And somewhere along the way, Tim... I just got tired of following the tour guide. <laughs> he was moving too slow. I just want to see, uh, I mean, come on, man, get this thing going. And so my friend and I, we decided that we knew more than the tour guide. And we're going to leave the tour guide and we're going to do our own tour. And so we did our own tour. We walked around and we ended up on the football field throwing the football around. That's where we were excited until we went back to the tour group that we were part of, and they said, hey, did you see the, the locker rooms? Uh, what do you mean, did we, what, what, what do you mean see the locker rooms? You didn't see locker rooms? No. Did you see Jerry Jones's box? 
Oh, it was so nice. Did you see it? No, I, I didn't see it. Why did, why, where were you? Oh, I left the tour guide. And I ended up getting enticed by the football on the football field, running around throwing it. When I paid money, I could have did that in my own backyard. I paid money to go on this tour. And I got impatient with the tour guide, and I didn't see any of that. How often do you and I get impatient with the tour guide? The Holy Spirit is leading you. And you say, this is taking too long. I'm, I need to do it myself. This is, I'm, what is taking so long? I got to do something. I got to make something happen. I got to cause something to happen. I'm not going to wait on the Lord anymore. Don't you know I'm, I'm 62 years old and I'm not going to wait on God. I've got to make something happen. And then we get off and get distracted and get going and we leave the tour guide. And that's what we did. We left the tour guide. And that's why Romans 8.14 is so critical. Romans 8.14, Paul tells us in this amazing passage of scripture, he says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And so there is, there's a level of maturity in order to be led by God. Uh, notice it didn't say as many as are led by the spirit of God, they will be children of God. It says sons because there's, there's, a, there's a growing up that takes place. When I'm around my mom and dad and they introduce me to one of their friends, they don't say this is my child. They say this is my son because there's maturity involved. They don't introduce me as a child. They introduce me as a son. So therefore, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, you, you must be mature. And then you will be a son of God. So the, the mature son of gods are patient enough to be led by the spirit of God. But children are rebellious enough to leave the tour guide and do something else that they want to do. But how many of you want to be sons and daughters of God? Well, that means we're going to have to be led by the spirit of God. And leader, being led by the spirit of God requires that we trust God. It requires that we completely rely, depend on him, and most importantly, in his timing. We must depend upon his timing because, like I said earlier, the right thing at the wrong time is always the wrong thing. And so we must depend on the timing of the Lord. And when we're led by the Lord, it's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of maturity when we when we are allow the Lord to lead and guide us. Now, today I want to talk about the primary way that we are led by the spirit of God. Now, last week I mentioned that as we read the word of God, we get familiar with the voice of God. We get acquainted with his voice and we we understand his voice. And by reading the word of God, there is some form of a camaraderie with God and his voice that we know and can discern between right and wrong. That's what reading the word of God does. But we said last week, but the rhema word of God, which is the spoken word of God, I like to call it the preached word of God, is the primary way I have actually heard from the Lord in that while a message is being preached or while I'm listening to a message, I'm sitting or in the car, I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me through that message. And it's the rhema word, the spoken word of God. And the written word is the logos word of God. But God can give you a spoken word. And through that spoken word, you can hear from God. But if you don't understand the written word, it'll all be unfamiliar to you. And so you're never going to be here from God apart from reading his word. If God would allow you to hear from him apart from reading the word, you'll never read your Bible again. It's not going to allow it. And so you have to read your word, but it's the spoken word that brings light and illumination to what you've read and what you've heard. I mean, how many of you have read a passage of scripture and then a minister gets up and he reads the same passage you just read and you see so much new stuff? I mean, he read the same thing. That's the rhema word of God, the spoken word of God, and God wants us to hear the rhema word of God. So don't ever minimize, despise the preaching of the word. It, it don't ever do it. You need a preached word. You need a spoken word because it allows you to hear from him. And now, today I want to talk about the one of the ways 
the primary way that I hear from God, and I want to share some personal things with you today. Um, let's look at Proverbs. I don't know if I gave it to y'all. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27. Proverbs 20 and verse 27. Take a look at this with me real quick as I turn into my Bible. Glory be to God. I know it's in there somewhere. All right, here we go. Proverbs 20, 27. It says, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. Uh, One translation says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now let's look at Psalms 1828. Psalms 1828. And the psalmist here says, for you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. So I want to put these two verses together, and I want to build something for you. The spirit of man, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. The spirit of man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord. So your spirit, you are the lamp of the Lord. And in in Psalms, we just found out that the Lord will light your lamp. The Lord will light your lamp. One translation says the Lord will light your candle. He will enlighten. He will bring light on the inside of you and you will be lit up on the inside of you because the Lord has lightened your lamp or he has lightened your candle. And the second part of Psalms 1828, put that up on the screen there again. Psalms 1828 says the Lord will light my lamp The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. So you don't know what to do, but the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. The primary way that I hear from God and and know what to do is what I like to call the inner traffic light. I call it the inner traffic light. Many of us, we want to be led by God through the spectacular Oh, we want, we want it to rain. Lord, if, if you want me to do that, just let it rain on the east side of Charlotte and, and for, for 17 minutes. And if it does that, then that's how I know that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what we want. We want something spectacular. God, if this is you, then let there be a thousand dollars sitting in my neighbor's mailbox written out to me and I know it's you. We want to be, we want to be surprised and we want, to, we want the spectacular to, to take place. But God leads us by the supernatural. He doesn't lead us by the spectacular. Matter of fact, the devil can do something spectacular. And matter of fact, in the last days, Scripture tells us Satan will do false signs and wonders. And, and, and if allowed, even the elect will be deceived and follow. So don't be moved by what you see in your five physical senses. Matter of fact, I need to say this. God never said he's going to lead you by your five physical senses. He never, not one time said, I'm going to lead you by your five physical senses. But I do believe that God leads us by what I like to call the inner traffic light. Somebody say the inner traffic light. Let me give you an example. So back in 2004, single man... Uh, living in Fort Worth, Texas, um, I sensed in my heart that my time was up in Fort Worth. I just had an unsettling on the inside in Fort Worth. I had an opportunity at the time to go to a city called Amarillo, Texas. They were going to offer me a job as a youth minister. At the time, I was in youth ministry. I had another opportunity to go to Atlanta, Georgia, to work with Creflo Dollars Ministry. And then I had this small opportunity to move to Charlotte, North Carolina. And, and so here I am, I'm trying to figure out what, what the Lord wants me to do. And, uh, you know, I'm praying about it and, uh, you know, I'm taking time to really think about it and I'm writing out a pros and cons list. Who else? Come on, be honest. Who else be writing out the, come on, I do too. I'm writing out a pros and cons list. I'm not saying any of that is incorrect, by the way, but I'm writing out a pros, you know, I'm trying to figure out what should I do and, and uh, where should I go? And I ended up going in my car, ended up driving to an empty parking lot. 
And I sat in this empty parking lot, and I just sat there. For some reason, I hear from God in the car. Uh, some people in the shower, some people in other places on the porch, I, I, just in the car. I, that's why I don't listen to a lot of music in the car. I mean, I like to keep it quiet or some, some preaching going. I like to hear from God in the car. So I parked my car and I sat there. And, and as I sat there, I, I, it was like I had what the scriptures call an open vision. And on one side, I saw, on the inside, not, not on my eyes, but on the inside, I saw if I'd have stayed in Fort Worth. I saw who I was going to marry. Like, it was like the vision showed me, you're going to marry this girl right here. You're going to live in this side of town. And you're going to have an okay life. And I thought, if I went over here, this is what you're going to do. If I went over here, this is what you're going to do. But when, I, but when it came to Charlotte, the only thing I saw was light. That's it. Just a bright light. So I, it was like, this is going to happen if you do this, this is going to happen if you do this, this is going to happen if you do this. Charlotte, light. That's all I saw was light. And, and I thought, wow. So I sat in that parking lot for a few hours. Next thing I know, I thought it was an empty parking lot. I see people coming and going in the parking lot, getting out the car, walking into this spot. And I thought, wait a minute, this spot's empty. We're even walking in. I look, I, I kind of look out the window. I was parked in front of a, 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 a spirit store, a alcoholic liquor store. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought it was an empty parking lot. There was a new liquor store that I was parked in front of. And so people were coming to get their spirits. <laughs> There's something interesting about that, too, to get their spirits. Hmm, I'll let you think about that. And so, and I, I thought, wow, light came. And when I left there and I went home, I thought, go towards the light. Go towards the light. God will illuminate your spirit on the inside. I never heard the Lord say, go to Charlotte. I never heard that. I just sensed a light on the inside of me. And I went towards the light, the inner traffic light. Back in, I, I, I bought a home, um, I think it was 2007. I bought a home in 2007. Stacey and I married, uh, the family's growing. Zai, we've got Zai, Zavin's in the house, and that home that I bought in 2007 was getting too small. It was, just, it was too small. And uh, we, were, we were making it work, but it was, it was tight, you know? And Stacey said, I want to start looking at a new home. Now, if you understand 2000, at this point, this was 2010, 11, 12, the market is down. The housing market's down. We're upside down on this home. So we, that means we owe more money than is what it's worth. And Stacy said, I want to go look for a new house. I said, well, you can go ahead and look, but we're not buying anything. I mean, just go look. You know, that's, you can look as all you want. And so she come back, oh, I looked. I've been looking. That's great because we're not buying, but just keep looking if you want to look. And so she's going, she's looking, and she looked. I never went with her. Never because we weren't buying nothing, okay? But, you know. I'm not a controlling, none of y'all should be controlling. If your wife says she want to go look, let her look. Well, I, I commend you not to go look. No, what's wrong with you? So she wanted to go look. So this one particular time, she says, uh, can you go with me to see this house? I said, no, 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 because we're not buying. So there's no reason for, for me to go. And she was like, just go this one time. I just, I just really want you to go with me. Well, at the time, before this happened, I was riding with a friend of mine, and we were riding into Indian Trail. And as soon as I saw Indian Trail, a, a light hit my gut. And I thought our church maybe was supposed to be an Indian Trail. So I thought, oh, Lord, do you want our church in Indian Trail? And, he, and then that's when I heard a voice. He said, no. But I just felt something about Indian Trail. So he said, I found this house in Indian Trail. I want you to go look. Well, I had already had that experience. I'm like, well, I'm not going. I'm not going. And she was like, just can you come one time? And she started batting her eyes, you know. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, okay. I'll go this one time, but I'm not going anymore because we're wasting time. We owe more money on this home than it's worth. So I go with her to look at this house. And we go and we had to meet in the model home. We walk in the model home and the lady in the model home said, you might as well take a whole tour of the house while I'm here. Or take a whole tour of the house. Now, we were going to see another house, but we had to meet someone in the model home. 
So I go, well, let's take the tour of the house. Okay, oh, this is nice. Okay, that's nice too. Yeah, that, that, I mean, all that looks good, you know. I walk into the master bedroom, and all of a sudden, boom, light hit my, my gut. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I just sensed light on the inside of me. Green light, to be exact, on the inside of me. And I turned, and she's like, what's, what's, what's going on? She said, you like this. I said, we're supposed to be here. And she was I thought we weren't buying. I said, I don't know. I don't know about all that, but we're supposed to be here. I just... There's a green light on the inside. I can't explain it, but we're supposed to be here. So we jumped back in the car. We didn't say nothing to the realtor at the time. You know, we jumped back in the car. I'm like, I just sense we're supposed to be there. There there was a green light on the inside of me. Now, footnote, I believe that God will give you a green light. And I'll say this. Personally, I believe you have a green light until you have a yellow light or red light. Let me say it again. I believe you have a green light. God's really waiting on you. You, Do you trust God? Do you spend time with God? He says that my word will be in you. You know, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and and it shall be done. Like, so if you got union with God, I believe you have a green light. When I get on 74, I'm trusting that all those lights will be green, right? So I can get to the house. Amen. That's mine. I'm trying. But, but when there's a yellow or red, what do we do? We slow down and then we stop. So we have a green light. I believe we have a green light until he gives us a yellow and red light. And so to get back to the story. So we go and I go home and I said, I said, I don't know. I got a green light about this house, but it makes no sense to buy this house. It just doesn't make sense. And she says, well, I just I sense the Lord telling us to get the house. I said, it doesn't make sense to buy the house. And I'm laying in the bed and she, she over there sleep for two, three nights. She, she over there rolling just out, just knocked out. I'm over there. I'm Lord, Lord, I sense in my heart I'm supposed to get this house, but it doesn't make sense. And I look over her and she's out, sleep. And I'm like, oh gosh. And so we started investigating after about the three days, three nights of not getting sleep, and I enjoy getting sleep. If there's somebody enjoy going to bed, that's me. I enjoy, and I have no problem going to sleep. None. Just close your eyes and go to sleep. That's what I do. I couldn't do it for three days. And I said, Lord, if we're supposed to get this house, I, I know you're saying it, but it doesn't make sense in my head. We're going to have to go to closing with $12,000 just to get it. And then, you know, well, maybe you can rent the house. I don't want to be a landlord right now. I just don't want to do it. And the Lord said, green light, green light, green light. Well, lo and behold, we end up talking to the realtor. We say, let's talk to them. Let's just, let's just talk about it. Nothing wrong with talking about it, right? Let's just talk about it. What are we looking at? You know, well, we got approved to have both homes. We could buy that home without selling the prior home. And so we had enough, the money was there to get it. And so I'm sitting there like, I got a green light on this. It don't make any sense, but I'm going to do it. So we said, we're going to go ahead. We're going we're gonna to go on the contract. And I want the model home. I said, build me the model home. That's what I want, the model home. Because I, I just, I like the model home. And I said, let's go ahead. Let's get, it just doesn't make sense. Two days later, I get a call from my mom and dad. Guess what? We're moving to Charlotte. And we need a place to stay. Don't look nowhere. I have a place for you to stay. Call nobody. Don't get a realtor. Nothing. Come. They, they moved down so fast. You remember that my dad had to stay with us because we were getting our house built. He had to stay with us because he got a job here. And they needed a place to stay. He had to stay with us for a while until our house was built so then we can move out. And then they were able to, to stay in that house. God made a way for us not to come to closing with $12,000 because my parents needed a place to stay. They didn't have time to be looking for nothing. They loved that little house. It was just them two, well, my sister, them three, and they just had a place to stay. We moved out and it happened so fast. What if I'd have waited so long? 
It happened so fast that we, they ended up staying with us. Where my dad did for a little bit, we moved out, God made it work. And then we finally, my parents built a home, we finally sold that home. And instead of coming to closing with $12,000, we, we left there with blah, 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 thousands of dollars in our pocket, praise God. Hallelujah. This, this is what father, my mind told me, don't do it. It doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? Look at the climate we're in. Look at what's going on with the economy. You don't want to have to make two house payments. What are you thinking? And the Spirit of God says, I need you to get out this house because I prepared this house for your parents. Get out this house and get somewhere else. Glory to God. And so I had a green light. I never heard the Lord speak to me and say, buy that house. I just had a green light. I couldn't shake it. It was, do this, do this, do this. Just go green, green. Why are you parked at a red light? It's green, go. Well, I'm waiting on confirmation. Well, yeah, I'm gonna be like Gideon and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a fleece out and then here's what I'll do. You know, I, you know what? I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm going to wait till the fleece comes back because I'm just waiting on confirmation. The spirit of God is in you. And he has a traffic light on the inside of you. And he's telling you it is green. Go start that business. Date that girl. Sell that property. Buy that property. Do it. Well, you know, I just wish I knew more about it. Me too. I wish I knew everything. I just wish I knew everything before I got started on anything. Don't you? I just, wouldn't that just be perfect? We just knew everything about it. I remember, and maybe next week I'll tell how Stacy and I met, but I just, I just, I just wish I just knew it all. You know, don't we all? We, we would all just make the right decisions if we just knew everything, right? Yeah, and probably not. You're right. And probably still not because you get in your own way. But when you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, it's going to take maturity. You're going to have to get comfortable not knowing the outcome. You're going to have to get comfortable. I don't know what that tells, but I'm sensing in my heart that I'm supposed to go that direction. You know my story. We left, I left a six-figure paying job to go into the ministry. People there were telling me, that don't do it. Don't do it. My mind was telling me, don't do it. Don't do it. But my heart was saying, do it. Green light, go. Do it. We left. And you can tell we've never missed a meal. Our family has grown. We, we go on vacations. We have a good time. God has provided. And if I, listen, if I would have known, uh, if I'd have stuck to my head and said, stay on that job, I would probably have been laid off, fired, something, something ridiculous. Or let's think of the other way. Things went so good, but, but Stacey and I get divorced. Things so good, but my kids don't know who I am. I'm so busy, I'm so, I'm so this, that, and the third, they don't even like me anymore. I ran into a guy just a couple years ago. I worked with him. He ran, I, I ran into him somewhere. He ran up to me. He goes, man, you look so happy. You look so, you just look satisfied. You look, I said, well, I am. I said, I, said, I wish I was making your money, though, you know, because I knew what kind of money you're making. I said, I wish I was making your money. And he said, uh, no, no. He said, uh, I wish I had the joy that I see that you have. He said, it's not worth the, the amount. I do make a lot of money, but it's not, it's not, I don't have that joy. When I see you on Facebook and social media, you look so happy and I don't have it. I hate it. What am I trying to say to you? Follow the green light. Follow the traffic light. Now the traffic light will turn yellow. And as you go green, you're going green and all of a sudden it starts turning yellow. Slow down. Ask, ask more questions. Pause. Lord, why do I have a yellow light? And then if it turns red, stop. Stop. Well, I'm dating this guy, 
and um, you know, he, he, he cusses a little bit. And one time he slammed the phone on the ground. Uh, that's a yellow and red light. Okay. Stop. You got both of them at the same time. And, and you better stop because next thing you know, he's going to be throwing you on the ground. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Stop. Well, you know, I was talking to them and this, you know, I was, I was going to do this business deal. And, uh, you know, the lady, when I was making the business, she said, you know, uh, my last client, I didn't honor my word with the last client that I worked with. Up, oh, you better pause because you're not going to honor, she's not going to honor your word. Or let's say you are a landlord and you're meeting with a prospective tenant and they say, now, the first question they ask, what happens when I don't pay? Oh, you better, you, you, that's, a, that's, a, that's a yellow red light, okay? You, 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 oh, 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 that's the first thing on your mind? Okay, okay, no, 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 no. I need to get somebody else in here. We're going to move on. Listen, have a green light until you have a yellow or red light. But most of us have a red light. Every, we approach every situation with a red light. Red, 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 red. And the Lord's saying, approach it with a green. There are times I, I approach people. And, uh, and I want to, you know, man, I, maybe I'll get to know this minister or maybe I get to know this guy. And my wife would tell me, ah, I, I got to check in my spirit about that. Now, she hasn't said that often. I can count on one hand how many times she said she had checking her spirit about someone. But she's been right 100% of the time. 100% of the time she's been right about that. I got to check in my spirit about that person. Oh, baby, you don't know what you're talking about. I remember the first time I told her she didn't know what she was talking about. I went on next thing on that. I had to pull a knife out my back because that dude had stabbed me in the back. And she had told me, he, go, he don't trust him. Well, I, I know now after I was bleeding down the back, I said, I better listen to my wife. Have a green light until, until there's a yellow light or a red light. Now, when I'm talking about relationships, their relationships uh, have to be tested before they can be trusted. That makes sense. And so I get it. I'm not saying you meet someone today and then, you know, you, you marry them or you meet someone today and you give them your life savings or or somebody has this smooth, a lot of smooth talkers out here. And the Holy Spirit wants you wants you to avoid making mistakes. He he's a champion. That's what he does best of helping us avoiding making mistakes. He's the best at that. And if you listen to him. You will avoid a mistake. How many times you heard I gave someone, I just talked to somebody, I gave someone $30,000 and they stole the money. How many times you heard that? A lot. But if we had inquired of the Holy Spirit, he'd have been like, uh, 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 uh. Right? He wants to help us avoid. So acknowledge him. Precious Holy Spirit, what should I do here? Okay, I don't, I'm not hearing anything. You know what? I'm going to go with the green light. I'm going to go this direction until he gives me a yellow or red light. But too often, most of us are in part with the key, not even in the ignition, in the backseat somewhere. And God says, go. And we got to reach back there, grab the key. First, we got to find the key. Okay, where did I throw the keys at? Okay, let me get it. Okay, okay, now let me stick it in the ignition. Oh, okay, let me, now which way you want to go? Oh, Lord, I can't hear you no more. I'm going to stay right here and park the car and put it back. That, that, that's, where we, that's where most of us are. But we should be moving. Now, not unstable, but Lord, where, where do you want us to go? Where do you want us to do? Now, get planted in the house of the Lord. You shouldn't be jumping churches here and there. Get planted in the house of God. Find somewhere to get planted so you can flourish. Psalm says when you get planted in the house of God, you'll flourish, you'll grow. But things in life, we should be, we should be looking. We should be precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, tell us where you want us to go. What do you want us to do? What should I do here? Should I go to this lunch? Should I not go to this lunch? Should I befriend them? Should I, should I not befriend them? Should I give that money? Should, should I not give them money? Should I buy that property? Should I not? Should I do what that doctor says? Or should I not? I told y'all about the story. I went to the doctor and I saw them on Wikipedia. They were like, okay, yeah, this is what, this your, what's your symptoms again? And I was like, wait a minute, what, what you looking at? And I looked at Wikipedia, okay, so it looks like you should try this. That. I said, no, no, thank you. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. I came home, I said, no, thank you. I'm not trying that. They said, go and get all this prescribed. I said, no, thank you. 
because you was on Wikipedia. Okay? And I don't want to, I'm not your guinea pig. I don't want to try anything. Now, with that being said, if you did not have that experience, listen to the doctor. I need to teach people this because people in the body of Christ don't want to hear this. Well, I'm going to get healed on my own. Who am I? I'm talking to somebody here, babe. I'm going to get healed on my own. But you know, medicine can help too. So let's say you cut your hand right here. Let's say you just cut your hand and just blood come down the hand. What's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to try to wipe it up, get a Band-Aid on it. Why don't you speak to it? Hand, I command you to stop bleeding. No, you, you, you addressed it. Sometimes a doctor can help address issues. I got to preach this message because some of you think, uh, well, I ain't never going to the doctor. You better go get a physical. I don't want you to die in here because something could have been avoided. I know what I'm talking about. People, too many people are dying when it could have been avoided. Talking about I'm, I'm believing God. Go get to the doctor and find out what's going on. And then come back, the doctor say this is going on. Then we can believe God together on what's going on here. But I don't want nobody else to die because they didn't go to the doctor. I don't, know, I don't know why I'm saying this, but somebody needs to hear this. Say go to the doctor. People, people scared of the doctor. Doctors and preachers should be on the same team. Now, after you go and they say some, take this rat poison or something, you don't want to do that, then don't do it. But you better go get it checked out. We, live, we have this body. And states, I can tell you time and time and time again of funerals we've went to where somebody said they were standing in faith. Well, what did the doctor say? Well, they never went to the doctor. How ignorant is that? Ignorant. And, and there's probably some, there's holistic doctors. There's all type of doctors out here. I'm being led by the Spirit of God. There's a green light to talk about this. Go get checked out. Get your kids checked out, too. Well, my kid keeps acting like this, but he's just a, this is what my kid, you know, he's just an oddball. He might need to get checked out. Find out what's going on in life. Find out what's happening. What are they saying? There's stuff that medical professions offer for free to help your situation out. I know a friend of mine, he used to stutter really, really, really bad when he was little. He used to stutter. His parents got him in, in a, with a speech therapist. He don't stutter at all anymore. He's so grateful that his parents were bold enough to go get him checked out. Who am I fussing with today? There's occupational therapists in the house today that can help, help out. They know exactly what to do to help out. But I'm, no, I'm just going, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. If I can't get it by the word, I don't want it. These people are saved. But here we are. We're only going to do it one way. You know, God has many ways. He got many ways to get you out of debt, many ways to get you healed, many ways to get you, get you prosperous, many ways. To, I mean, he's, he's got many, many ways. All you need is one. You just need one way. You don't need all the ways. You just need one. He's got many, and he'll lead and guide you to where you need to go. I'm reminded of Paul told Timothy, hey, when your stomach's hurt, he didn't say believe God for a healing. You know what he said? Drink a little wine for that stomach issue. At that point, if you interpret it out, it was medicine. Take a little medicine for it. I, I know one particular guy, pastor friend of mine, I was talking about this, these issues and he had been prescribed or diagnosed with something, but he wasn't taking any of the medicine because he thought, you know, men of faith don't take medicine. It's ridiculous. It's dumb. It's ignorant. I said, man, well, let me tell you. Did the Lord tell you not to take that? Well, no, no, he didn't tell me not to take it. Because you have a green light. I had, the Lord told me not to do it when I saw Wikipedia, okay? Don't do that, Okay. But you have a green light, take it. Man, that man ended up taking it. That situation he was going through was gone in, in four months. Gone. Because, he, because he, he was humble enough to say, you know what? God's not telling me not to. 
Let me go ahead and do this. There's, 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 there's many of us. I, 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 can, I can tell you, and I'll wrap it up here. I didn't mean to. Well, no, I did mean to do this because I'm, I'm talking to somebody in here or listening virtually or we'll watch later the replay. But there are times when you're making decisions and as you're making those decisions, begin to ask yourself, Spirit of the living God, I'm going to do this because I, I don't see a yielding or, or a stopping. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And as you make that call and you acknowledge him, listen to me now, he won't let you make the wrong decision without prompting you in your spirit. Now you can override him. I do it. I do it a lot, unfortunately. You can override him, but he won't let you. He'll keep, he'll keep. And, you, and then once you make the wrong call, you'll go back and you'll say, have you done this before? I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. He was prompting. He was prompting you at that point. He was impulse. There was an impulse there. Like, stop, don't be watched. Hey, I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. And when we listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll be our guide. Now, I want to finish with this. Psalms 32. Let's look at verse 8 and 9 in the Passion Translation. Psalms 32, 8 and 9. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you. Wow instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. Glory to God. Look at verse 9. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn. When I take you where you've not been before, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. Wow. Let's look at verse 8 again. I, I, I love verse 8. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way. Notice, along the way. Not all at once. Along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your God. Look at verse 9 one more time. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. You know, in order for us to get to where we're going, sometimes we're going to have to be places that we've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.